He is risen. The three most important words in the scripture. Thank you, Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. He is risen. Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship, and Happy Easter. Well, good morning, and welcome to a new teaching. Easter is coming here. It's uh, a week from Sunday. Today is uh, April 12th. Easter's on the 21st. Last time we did the teaching on Jesus appears to Mary Magdalene, and that was John 21 to 18. Today is just going to be five verses. It's going to continue on from there. This is going to be where Jesus appears to his disciples, and it's going to be uh, John 20, verses 19 to 23. I do want to say a quick thank you again to uh, for all the feedback we've received. Just received a, just amazing feedback on these teachings. I had a particular one that was uh, that was a blessing. A thank you to Miss Judy from Singapore, who had an insight that there were. There were so many lessons in the last teaching she heard. And as we've talked about before, the purpose of the scripture is to teach us, quote, so many lessons, as Miss Judy said. Scripture is not given us just to make us feel good, although it's good that it does that. Um, The scriptures are there to comfort us in Jesus Christ. But the foundational purpose of the scriptures is that they are a mirror. So when we look into the Bible, it reflects to us the things that are out of place and the things that need to be in order. And it also reflects the things that are in order. When we look into a mirror, we can see the things that are in order and the things that are out of place. The purpose of the mirror is not just to stand there and admire ourselves but to fix what we see out of place, whether it be our hair or our face or or our teeth or what have you. So the purpose of the the scriptures, again, is is to teach us so many lessons. And so, again, thank you to... uh, to Miss Judy and to and to all of those who have just given uh, wonderful feedback and insight. So, Easter's coming on the twenty first. So we're going to continue this teaching, um, and then we'll finish up this chapter next time, Lord willing. So I'm going to go ahead and read it, and we'll uh, take off from there. On evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. So only five verses here this time. It says in verse 19, On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, 
Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. If you'll recall at the end of the last teaching, Mary Magdalene was the first one to see Jesus raised from the dead. And we talked about her, her, uh, her tremendous devotion to him and heart for him. And, and that earns her the place to see him. The first one to see him raised from the dead. She is then commissioned by Jesus himself to give instructions to the disciples. Talked about how the old church father gave her this name, the apostle to the apostles. An apostle is one who's been sent by Jesus. Mary is sent by Jesus to give instructions to the apostles. They don't believe her. She has seen Jesus raised from the dead. She testifies to what she has seen as an example to us. The things that we have seen Jesus do in our life, we want to testify as Mary did. And regrettably, like Mary, uh, many people won't believe us. It says that the disciples, in fear for their lives because of their association with Jesus, they're in fear of the authorities. It says they were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews. They should have been rejoicing. They should have been excited. They should have been zealously and excitedly waiting on Jesus because Jesus is risen. Mary has seen him, but they don't believe that yet. And and many of us have that same problem again. We can hear testimony after testimony after testimony of what Jesus has done in the lives of others But we really are slow and stubborn to believe these things. Lord Jesus, forgive us. Father, we just ask you to forgive us where we are so slow to believe the testimonies of others in our lives and and primarily the testimony of the Word of God. When we read the Word of God, it's a testimony. This right here is a testimony. Verses 19 to 23, this whole chapter is testifying to what really happened. And when we read this, we, we want to believe it and be excited about it. When we look at the person of Jesus, we want to look at him, and in, in everything you read about him, you want to fall in love with him over and over and over again. There is no one in your life, no one in the history of the world, that's as attractive as Jesus, that's as loving as Jesus, that's as noble as Jesus, that's as thoughtful as Jesus, that's as wise as Jesus, that is, that's as understanding as Jesus, that's as serious as Jesus, that's even as fun as Jesus. Jesus is fun. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I mean, we don't serve a religious Jesus. We serve a relational Jesus. He wants to hang out with us and have fun with us and spend time with us. Uh, you, can, you can have fun with Jesus, whatever your hobbies are, invite Jesus into it. Pray and say, Jesus, I ask you to come with me on this run, or, or whatever your hobbies are. Ask Jesus to come into it. He's, he's cool to hang out with. He is fun to hang out with. But instead, you know, we're like the disciples. It says that they came together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews. And by the mercy of God, Jesus came and and stood among them. Many of us today, in, in various areas of our lives, have the doors locked for fear. 
there are so many areas of our lives and our heart that are locked up in fear. And we need Jesus today to come and stand among us. And you need to hear him say those same four words to you today. Where are you locked up today for fear? These disciples were together, locked up for fear of the Jews. Where are you today locked up in fear and anxiety? Hear the Lord say to you today, ask Jesus to come into your situation today, whatever it is, whatever it is in your life, literally whatever it is, ask Jesus personally today, pray to him specifically and say, Lord Jesus, I ask you to come and stand among me today and help me to hear those four words. Pray and ask Jesus today. Lord Jesus, come and speak to me. Come and stand with me, Lord Jesus, and help me hear these four words today. Peace be with you. Whatever it is you're in fear for, hear Jesus say, peace be with you. Jordan, peace be with you. Melanie, peace be with you. Jameson, peace be with you. Judy, peace be with you. Josh, peace be with you. Whatever your situation is today, if you have a sickness today, hear Jesus say to you, peace be with you. Lord Jesus, reveal yourself to us today. Stand among us today, Lord, as you did these disciples when they were locked up for fear of the Jews. Stand among us, Lord, today and, uh, and help us to hear these words today. Peace be with you. Whatever your situation is today, go to Jesus. Invite him in. Whatever it is, it can be in your work, it can be in your home, it can be with your children. Whatever it is today, we need to hear Jesus speak these four words to us today. And he will. As sure as he stood among them in their fear and in their unbelief, he will stand among us today in our fear and in our anxiety and our confusion and our frustration, and our irritation, and our agitation. And he'll say, peace be with you. It's going to be okay. Thank you, Lord Jesus. It says here that uh, this was the first day of the week. It's Sunday night, and they are meeting together. So we, we actually see the first church service here today. On the evening of that first day of the week when the disciples were together, Disciples of Jesus Christ gather together. It's good to gather and go to church on Sunday, but disciples gather together. And it's particularly good to gather together where, when you have things going on that are difficult. When you have difficult things going on, you want to get together with other disciples of Jesus, with other devoted followers of Jesus. Uh, as I've said before, there's a difference between a disciple and a Christian. A Christian is someone who's saved. They've received Jesus as their Savior. They're born again. Their spirit is alive and they're going to heaven when they die. A disciple is more than that. A disciple is a Christian, but a disciple is someone who's a disciplined follower of Christ. We actually get our English word discipline from the Latin word disciple. 
So a disciple by nature is disciplined. A disciple is someone who spends time with Jesus when they feel like it and when they don't. They spend time in the Word of God, reading and studying their Bible when they, when they feel like it and when they don't. They're devoted to Jesus. So as I've said before, let's be disciples of Jesus. Let's be more than just Christians. Let's be disciples of Jesus and learners of Jesus, an apprentice of Jesus, someone who's trying to, to emulate this incredible, wonderful Jesus in everything. And, uh, and I'll say again, he is really the most attractive individual in the history of our planet, in the history of our world, in the history of history. There is no one more attractive and exciting than Jesus Christ, our Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Golly. Mm. Peace be with you. Um, it says Jesus came and stood among them. Apparently, he wasn't deterred by the lock on the door. Apparently, he was able to open the door. So either he he just appears uh, in his resurrected body. He's not constrained by time and space anymore. So there's a possibility he just instantly blinks himself in and appears to them. Or there's a possibility he was able to come and unlock the door without them knowing it and standing uh, among them. Again, when we are in fear, we're distracted by many things. So there's several things that could have happened here. The important thing here is that we hear these four words, peace be with you. Whoever you are today, who's ever listening to this, hear Jesus say, peace be with you. Verse 20. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. Why does he do this? Why does he show them his hands and his side? He shows them so that there will be no doubt that he is risen and that he is the one that was crucified on their behalf. I've said again that we want to fall in love with Jesus over and over and over again all the days of our life. When you look at the hands and the side of Jesus, it ought to remind you of all that he's done for you. We need to look at the hands and the side of Jesus over and over and over again. Never will you see love more than when you look at the open hands of Jesus scarred for you. The reality is, that you nailed his left hand to the cross and I nailed his right. It was us that nailed him to that cross. He went to that cross for you and me. He spread out his hands and took that punishment for you and me. And it was you and I that held that spear and thrust it into his side. It was us who did it. We really have uh, very little understanding of the cost of our sinfulness. We are a, uh, a sinful people, and we need a Savior. And Jesus wants to show you his hands and his side today. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today, 
Look anew and afresh. Imagine yourself being one of these disciples and Jesus showing you his hands and turning and showing you his side where the spear was thrust into his side. And this was done for your sin today. So if you don't know Jesus as your Savior today, right now, put this tape on pause and pray and ask Jesus to come into your heart. Ask him to be the Lord of your life. Ask him to save you from your sin. That was the reason he went to the cross. He went to the cross for the forgiveness of sins. If you have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today, God has given his word that you are forgiven. If you've genuinely received him, if you're not sure if you've played with this whole thing, then, then, then start anew and afresh today. Pray again, Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart. I ask you to be the Lord of my life. I ask you to save me from my sin. I ask you to bring me to heaven when I die. Jesus, I place all my faith, all my trust, all my hope in you alone as my everlasting Lord and Savior. Pray that sincerely today if you're not sure that Jesus is your Savior. And for those of us that are Christians and we know that we've received him as our Savior, look again at his hands and look at his side and see all that's been done for you. Lord Jesus, we, we, have, uh, we have not words to properly express our gratitude and our love. We ask you to forgive us for that, Lord. Lord, we ask you to show us this day your hands and the scars in your hands that were put there for us, Lord, and are an everlasting reminder of your love and devotion to us. When we see your side and the where the spear was thrust in, Lord, let that be a reminder to us, Lord, of your devotion to us and of your love to us, Lord. And let your hands and your side, Lord, drive us to be more thoughtful disciples, living our lives for you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. After he said this, he showed them his hands and side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. When you see the hands and the side of Jesus, when you are reminded that your sins are forgiven, your sins are forgiven, are you overjoyed? Not just joyed, something beyond joy, overjoyed. It's something that's over joy. It's more than joy. Lord Jesus, we ask you to show us yourself today. Show us your hands and your sides today and speak to us that peace be with us, Lord. Hear the Lord say, peace be with you. If you've received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you can be at peace today and should be at peace that your sins are forgiven because he's given his life for you. And that's something to be joyful about. The disciples were overjoyed. You notice they were in tremendous fear. And a moment later, they're in tremendous joy. If you're in fear today, if you're in anxiety today, or frustration, or irritation, or whatever it is, for whatever it is, it could be sickness, it could be financial, it could be relational. Look at the hands and sides of Jesus today. And be overjoyed that your sins are forgiven. Lord Jesus, I thank you that my sins are forgiven in Jesus Christ, my Lord. 
I thank you, Lord, for the sacrifice made on my behalf. Lord, I just thank you for your mercy and your goodness, Lord. Lord, give us eyes that see you, Lord. Give us eyes that see you in new and afresh. That we might know and be overjoyed, Lord, with your presence and with the intimate knowledge and understanding that our sins are forgiven because of all that you've done on our behalf. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Help us to have joy today, this day, Lord, this Easter season. Help us to have genuine and material joy in our lives that Jesus Christ is risen, that he's conquered the grave, that he's paid the price for our sin, that we have relationship with God our Father through Jesus Christ our Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Verse 21, again Jesus said, it's not often that, uh, that Jesus repeats himself in the Bible, that God repeats himself, but here he's going to repeat himself. Verse 21 is a very powerful verse. Verse 21, again Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Apparently, peace be with you is an extremely important four words for us to receive and for us to understand. Jesus is going to repeat himself, and he's repeating himself to you and I today. Hear Jesus say to you this day, peace be with you. Wherever you are, whomever you are, hear Jesus say to you this day, peace be with you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Help us, Lord Jesus, to hear you say to us today, wherever we are, peace be with you. Lord Jesus, we pray today that we would hear you say to us as clearly as this disciples did, again, peace be with you. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. He goes on to say, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. This is an encouraging, very powerful commissioning here. You and I have been sent in the same way, in the same spirit as Jesus has been sent. But now it's notable who's doing the sending. It says that the Father sent Jesus, and in the same way, Jesus is sending you and I. Jesus himself is sending us. This is an interesting set of five verses here. It's five verses, and we have every member of the Trinity in here. So in verse 21, you see we have Jesus, we have the Father, and then in verse 22, he's going to talk about the Holy Spirit. So it's, it's one of these few sections in scriptures that mentions every member of the Trinity. Just as a side note, the Trinity, um, the word doesn't appear in the Bible, but the Trinity means our Heavenly Father the Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. They're all God. They're all one, but at the same time, they're, they're all separate. It's a, it's a mystery of the scriptures that God reveals himself and lives in the person in the place of three separate entities, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They're all God. 
What does that mean that they're all God? I have a brother named Matthew who we talk about this a lot. It's, it's one of his favorite conversations of what it means to be God. To be God means that you're number one, you're omniscient. To be omniscient means you know everything. To know everything means you can't learn anything, right? It's pretty interesting. To know everything means you cannot learn anything. The Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit are all omniscient. They know everything. They're all also what's called omnipotent. To be omnipotent means you're all-powerful. That means you can do anything. They know everything, omniscient. They can do anything, omnipotent. And they're also all omnipresent, meaning they can be everywhere at all times. Those are obviously three remarkable qualities that only God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit have. Omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Because they're all God, you can pray to all of them. And you should pray to all of them. You should be thankful to all of them. You can pray to your Heavenly Father. You can pray Lord Jesus. You can pray Holy Spirit. And you should. You can be thankful to them all. Perhaps at some time we'll do a teaching on, on what their separate offices are and what they do. Right now, Jesus is running everything. Jesus said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Uh, in the Great Commission in Matthew 28, 18 to 20. Jesus is running everything right now. The Holy Spirit is in the world with us. He lives with us. If you're Christian believers, he's one with you. Golly, thank you, Lord. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Jesus is sending you out today to proclaim the kingdom of God. You have been commissioned by Jesus himself. Oftentimes, a lot is said about commissioning and man-centered commissioning, which is when other believers, hopefully mature believers, are commissioning us and exhorting us to, to go out and fulfill the call of God in our lives, and they help us with these things. And these things are good. But far more important than that is for you to hear that Jesus is commissioning you. And, and at the foundation of it all, that's all you need. You don't need any man to commission you. Okay. Now, again, I want to say again, it's good to have mature fathers and mothers in the Lord who do exhort us and commission us to fulfill the call of God in our lives based on the word of God. But at the same time, if you don't have those in your life, Jesus is sending you today personally. Jesus has commissioned each one of us as his disciples. If you're a disciple of Jesus today, a devoted follower of Jesus, he is sending you out. He will lead you. He will be with you. He'll never leave you or forsake you. And he is commissioning you to go out and advance the kingdom of God through the gospel of Jesus Christ our Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Jesus is sending you out today to be his representative. Wherever you are today, you have been sent by Jesus Christ. If you haven't received him, you need to become a follower of Jesus. You need to become a disciple of Jesus. You need to become a Christian 
And then you're being sent out to advance the cause of Christ, to advance the gospel of Jesus Christ, to advance the kingdom of God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we thank you that you are sending us today. Lord, help us to to see you today in a new an intimate way, Lord. Help us to understand that as the Father sent you, you are sending us. On the authority of Jesus Christ, we have been sent out today. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Verse 22. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Father, we pray for a fresh breath today of Jesus Christ our Lord. Lord Jesus, we ask you to breathe on us today. We were doing a Bible study and we were going over this and uh, Brother Josh had said, I bet Jesus has fresh and minty breath. I I bet he does have good breath. I bet he just has the most wonderful, incredible, fresh and exciting breath ever. Lord Jesus, we ask you to breathe on us today. Pray to Jesus this day to breathe on you. And just don't pray that he breathe on you. Pray that he breathe the Holy Spirit on you in his fullness. Lord Jesus, we pray this day that you would breathe on us a fresh revelation of the Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus, breathe on us today fresh insights of who you are, And Lord Jesus, we ask you to help us to receive the Holy Spirit today in his fullness. Holy Spirit, we ask you to reveal yourself to us today in your fullness. Help us to know you today, Holy Spirit, in a more intimate way. Most of us as uh, who've been believers for a long time, who've been Christians, and who have been genuine disciples of Jesus... Our relationship with the Holy Spirit generally isn't as, um, it's generally not as full as our relationship with the Father and with the Son. Remember, I said the Trinity is Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Um, I've lived most of my life thinking that the Trinity was Father, Son, Holy Bible. But the, the Trinity is the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives in us. If you're a believer today, the Holy Spirit lives in you. He's one with you. The only reason you were saved is when you prayed to receive Jesus, it was the Holy Spirit. When you asked Jesus to come and live in your heart, the Spirit of Jesus, who's also the Holy Spirit, came and joined himself to your spirit and gave your spirit life. When the Holy Spirit of God came into your heart, when you asked Jesus to be your Savior, he joined himself to your dead spirit. And when that happened, you became alive. You became born again spiritually. And then all these things started making sense. That was the product of the Holy Spirit joining himself to your spirit. And now you're one with Jesus through the Holy Spirit. You're part of the body of Christ. When you got saved, the Spirit of God immersed you or baptized you into the spiritual body of Christ, and we're all a, a big Christian family. That happened because of the Holy Spirit. Um, you're part of the bride of Christ. The Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, and your spirit are one. You're married. You're intimately joined together. You're called the bride of Christ. Jesus is our husband. Thank you, Holy Spirit. 
Spend some time in prayer. Jesus said, receive the Holy Spirit. We have to receive him. Uh, Many of us have rejected the Holy Spirit in his fullness. There are volumes written on this. There are millions of pages of thought written on the Holy Spirit. Suffice it to say, we want the fullness of the Holy Spirit and all that means. Pray today, Holy Spirit, I ask you to help me to receive you in your fullness. Holy Spirit, I pray today that you help me and all those hearing this to receive your fullness. Holy Spirit, reveal yourself today in a way that we can know you and experience life with you in relationship with you in a greater, more full, more intimate, more powerful way. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus, breathe on us today. The breath of Christ has got to be an incredible, encouraging thing. Lord Jesus, breathe on us today, anew and afresh, that we might receive the Holy Spirit in in a new and powerful and intimate way. I'm not talking about salvation here. When you got saved, you did. The Holy Spirit came and lived in you, and he'll never leave you, it says. You've been sealed until the day of redemption, the Bible says. But we just want to walk in the fullness of the Spirit. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Verse 23. Verse 23 is uh, one of the more confusing verses in the Bible. Verse 23, Jesus says to his disciples, If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. It's a pretty confusing verse, but it's fairly plain what he's saying here. Okay, He's commissioned them. He's sending them out to proclaim the gospel. Jesus Christ is risen. He's appeared to his disciples. He showed them his hands and his side, which reflects, again, the forgiveness of sins based on the cross of Christ and all he did for us there. So when he says in verse 23, if you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you forgive anyone. What he's saying is you and I have been commissioned by Jesus to go out and proclaim the forgiveness of sins through the cross of Christ. When you share the gospel of Jesus Christ with anyone, when you proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ to anyone, if you give Christian literature that proclaims properly the sacrifice and gospel of Jesus Christ to anyone, inherent in that is If you have received Jesus Christ genuinely and truthfully as your only Lord and Savior, your sins are forgiven based on the word of God. God has given his word. Think about that. God has given his word. He's not a man that he lies. He's given his word that if you have received Jesus Christ as your only Lord and Savior, that your sins are forgiven. Equally important, God has given his word, the Bible, that if you have not received Jesus Christ as your only Lord and Savior, your sins are not forgiven. 
It is our responsibility as ambassadors of Jesus Christ, as disciples of Jesus Christ, who have been sent by him personally to explain to people that if they have received Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. If you have not received Jesus Christ, your sins are not forgiven. When we were doing this Bible study, my daughter Kristen said to me, you know, Dad, it's, I'm not comfortable telling people that their sins are not forgiven. But it is our responsibility. We have to speak the truth in love. And when the Lord opens the door for a conversation, we're talking to people, we do have to stand on the word of God. In John 14, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. In Acts 4, the disciples said that there is no other name under heaven given to people by which we must be saved. The forgiveness of sins comes only through Jesus Christ our Lord. Relationship with God as our Father comes only through Jesus Christ our Lord. Receiving and walking with the Holy Spirit comes only through Jesus Christ our Lord. But the most important thing, above all these things, the forgiveness of sins, the forgiveness of sins comes only through Jesus Christ our Lord. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. What he's telling them is when you go out and you proclaim the gospel and someone receives it on your word, based on the word of God, your sins are forgiven. So hopefully this makes sense. Again, it's a very confusing verse. What he's telling them is when you go out and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ, when you proclaim the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, if someone receives that, you can personally assure them that your sins are forgiven and they are forgiven because God has given his word that if you have received Jesus Christ as your only Lord and Savior, your sins are forgiven. Equally important, if you share the gospel of Jesus Christ and someone rejects it and says, I don't need it, don't want it, it's important by your word to say your sins are not forgiven because God has given his word that your sins are not forgiven unless you've received Jesus Christ our Lord. The reason it's important that we proclaim that your sin is not forgiven is because oftentimes that's what people need to hear. We need to speak the truth in love. We don't need to do it in a condescending or angry or bitter way. But in love, we do want to explain to people that if you have not received Jesus Christ as your only Lord and Savior, you're still holding on to your sins. And the Bible clearly teaches that if we have not received Jesus Christ as our only Lord and Savior, then we have to pay the penalty for our own sin. And the only way to do that is to spend eternity in hell. The Bible teaches we have a sin debt to God. We are in debt to God because all of us have sinned. Every human being has sinned. And because of our sin, we have a debt to God that has to be paid. Our sin debt has to be satisfied. And there are only two ways for that debt to be satisfied. 
you can call on Jesus Christ today and ask him to be the Lord of your life. Lord Jesus, I ask you to be the Lord of my life today. I ask you to come into my heart. I ask you to forgive me of my sin. I ask you to bring me to heaven when I die. I place all my faith and hope and confidence in you alone to be my everlasting Lord and Savior. If you pray that today, then your sin debt has been paid by Christ at the cross. He paid it for you. If you have not, if you've rejected Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the only other way for your sin to be paid, the debt for your sin to be paid, is by spending eternity in hell separated from God. There are no other ways. There are no other roads. All roads do not leave heaven. God has given his word that our sins are forgiven through the sacrifice, through the hands and the side of Jesus Christ our Lord. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you go to someone today, you can assure them, you can give them your word based on God's word that their sins are forgiven if they've received Jesus Christ as their Savior. And equally important, if you go to someone today and they have not truly and genuinely received Jesus Christ as Lord, in love we need to tell them their sins have not been forgiven. Because God has given his word that unless you receive Jesus Christ as your only Savior, your sins are not forgiven. Father, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you, Lord, that you are risen. Lord, everyone else is still in the grave. All other religious leaders are still in the grave. But Jesus Christ is risen. Lord, we ask you again to show us your hands and your side today anew and afresh. Help us to fall in love with you today, Lord, anew and afresh. Help us, Lord, to see why it's so exciting to have a relationship with you and to be your disciple and to walk with you, Lord. We ask you to breathe on us today, anew and afresh today, Lord. Holy Spirit, we ask you to reveal yourself to us today that we might receive you in your fullness and all you have for us today in a new and powerful way. Lord Jesus, we ask you to come in today and unlock the doors of our lives, unlock the fear and the anxiety, Lord, the frustration, the irritation, the sickness. We ask you to come and stand among us today, Lord, and say, peace be with you. Father, we thank you for your mercy on our lives. We thank you for the word of God. And above all, we thank you for our risen Savior, we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you were risen. We love you, we thank you, and we praise you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. For more information about our ministry, please visit www.kingdomd.org.